This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It's Thursday, May 26th, 2022. This is David Sampson, and you have found nothing personal. I hope you listened to the show yesterday. If you did, I appreciate that. I got a lot of feedback from it. Thank you for giving me your time every day and for giving Coca your time. We're here every day. I wanted to follow up on yesterday's show briefly to let you know that we have received scores of communications and resumes from people looking to help, trying to figure out a way to make this world safer, better, cleaner, nicer, figure out how to get information, educate people. Coke and I are going to take a look at resumes. You can submit your resume to nothingpersonalds at gmail.com. We are looking for someone to help us with the project. It will be paid. It is a one-off project. Whether it becomes anything more, that's going to be up to you. It is a foot in the door. It is a promise I made to help and get someone who I don't know involved in the nothing personal universe and in life, as you know, you never know. All you need is a door open for you. What you do next, that is what defines you. We went through, there's so much going on in the world of sports during our nighttime and and morning time preparation session. So much going on in sports and business, but I didn't want people to think that we're just the show's going on we're returning to normalcy we're forgetting about what happened because we're not going to do what the nra wants us to do we're not going to sit back and just allow everything to be fine i think if you look around on tv you're going to see that many of the sports shows sports business shows trying to just get back to where they were their comfort zone right we're all comfortable i'm way more comfortable talking about danny boy or talking about the NFL or talking about what's going on in baseball or basketball, way more comfortable than talking about issues that are political, societal, emotional. But this is not a time for us to be comfortable at all. I'm not going to allow it. I didn't allow myself to be comfortable at all yesterday, last night. I became incensed. You know, let me just say, When you see politicians that you voted for who are victim shaming in order to explain that guns aren't the problem, that it's people are the problem, 
Well, the worst kind of people won't be as big a problem if they don't have the assault weapons or the assault rifles. Locking doors, that was a good one by Ted Cruz. Lock the door, you're good. We're good, just lock the door and everything would be fine. Can you imagine telling parents that? It's just, it's, it's laughable. And the reason it's laughable is that now we're in a position where not only do we have to elect different people, but we have to change the mindset of the people who did the electing, the people who did the voting. Because now they're like confirmation bias. Oh my God, of course it's not the guns. It's that they didn't lock the back door. All of that said, we're going to get you the information over the next weeks and months as we head into the next election cycle, trying to help people make informed decisions, work with someone on that. We're going to keep talking to you about things that are going on outside of the sports world, not just entertainment, because it's what we do at Nothing Personal, as hard as it is to hear. As hard as it is to hear. It's hard for me to say. It's hard for you to hear. It's way harder for victims and victims' families because we all move on, right? That's what we're supposed to do. It's our defense mechanism. It's how we survive. You just look around and you say, oh, it wasn't me. Keep going. There's a lot of people who get left behind. A lot. You know, the sports business world is full of owners. And I was a president, not an owner. I was a president of a team where my single, single, simple, single, ready, Four, six, nine. As president of a team, my simple single job was to do exactly what the owner of the team wanted, to carry out his wishes, but to serve as sort of a, what's the word, Coco, when you have a flap? You know, like when in your heart there's a flap, and my flap is a little screwed up, but the flap where you, the blood goes in, and then it's a one way, and then it comes out. Like, if you're on YouTube, nothing personal with David Sampson, hit subscribe and just see what I'm doing. That's a flap. I'm waving my hand up and down. So sometimes you have to let things go. So, a valve. Yes. Thank you, Coca. <laughs> you wrote down in the document, Vavla, but I knew what you meant. He's too tired to whisper, Valve, Valve, Valve. That's him in my ear. Valve. So a valve allows things down, stops things from going up. So when you're the president, you try to stop owners from doing certain things. You try to choose your spots when you're going to tell an owner, no, I won't do that. But you've got to tell an owner, I will do that. I'll let you do that. Please don't do that. Do we have to do that? All right, I'll do that. That's our job. And what owners do, and it's not just our owner, it's every owner I've come into contact with and I've come into contact with scores of owners. The biggest character trait they all have is ego. Now, I have a very healthy ego, don't get me wrong. I mean, as healthy as you can be, 5'5", five, five, a buck 30. But the fact of the matter is that owners don't get told no very much. That's just in their life. They've built businesses. They are millionaires, billionaires. They're surrounded by psychophants. They're surrounded by people who want to suck at the teat of money and power to be in the orbit of ownership. And so owners tend to lose sight of what's good, what's bad, what works, what doesn't work, because they apply lessons from their other businesses to sports, and it doesn't work. And then they get into trouble. And they get into trouble 
when someone says no to them, they don't really understand what no means, so they continue to press forward. Then they're told no again. They still don't know what it means, and then they get in trouble even more. You never go to the point of crossing the line of breaking the law, do you? Well, there's plenty of owners who do. Let's talk about Artie Moreno. He is my word of the day. I guess my word could have been just Artie Moreno, Coco. We could have used that. We're going to use void as the word of the day for Thursday, May 26th. Void. So all of you out in California, and when Nothing Personal first started in 2019, there were not many of you. It was mostly Florida-based. Now it's all over the country and the world. So many of you from California. So this is for you. Now, the rest of the country and the world should pay attention because this is fascinating stuff. Artie Moreno plays, he owns a team called the Anaheim Angels. I will not call them the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I will not call them the Los Angeles Angels. You're in Anaheim, baby. God, did he hate that. Hates Anaheim. That's the irony. Wants to buy the land on which Angel Stadium exists because that will make him a lot of money. So he made a deal to buy the land for about 300, let's call it 320 mil. He was going to buy Angel Stadium and the land and everything was going to be great, right? He was going to own the stadium, own the land, and then he could do whatever he wanted with it. He could put, on, put up a new Disney World if he wanted. Disneyland. Disney World's in Florida. Disneyland is in California. So Artie Moreno cuts the deal. Everything's great. Works with the mayor. Works with the council. Things are going perfectly, right? It makes perfect sense. You've got a mayor named Harry Sidhu, and he is somehow in agreement that this deal is at market value. Excuse me, I've been sneezing a lot. Anyone else doing that? Is it allergy season? Making sure that the 320 million is market value, which it wasn't. Making sure that it was a competitively bid, which it wasn't. Making sure there was support in Anaheim with the people and the other local politicians, which there wasn't, but it didn't matter because Harry had a deal with Artie. Now, when Harry and Artie have a deal, you can bet your bippy that it involves money going from Artie to Harry because Harry has to get reelected. Harry has to carry on all of the carryings on that politicians do that require money, contributions they're called, but it's supposed to be quiet. You're not supposed to tie a contribution to a support of a vote, to a support of an initiative. You're supposed to contribute because you think that they are the right person to lead your community, your city, your county, etc. That's why we always made contributions. That's why MLB makes contributions on both sides of the aisle. That's why you choose a horse in a mayoral race. Someone you know you want to work with. But you don't say, hey, I'll give you a million dollars if you give me favorable land terms. So Harry, Mayor Harry, we're going to call him, got in a bit of trouble because there were sort of whispers that he wanted all sorts of stuff from Artie Moreno. And here's a hint to all you politicians out there. When business people are willing to say yes to what you ask for, it means you're not asking for enough. 
It's the same as a negotiation with your boss or with your children or with your spouse or with anybody in business. When you get, or with a player, when a player says yes immediately, you know you've been screwed. I've told you the famous John Buck, Heath Bell, Jared Salta-Lamakia, the list goes on and on, Al Leiter, all these people who are happy to sign contracts without even visiting Florida or meeting with us. Uh-oh, we overpaid them. Yeah. So when you're dealing with a land deal, a real estate deal, imagine that you go to buy a home, you walk in and you say, I will give you $460,000. And the owner of the home is saying, Holy Christ, we listed it for 320. We think it's worth 220 and you offered 460. Hmm, yes. Anytime there is no back and forth in a negotiation, you have been screwed. And if you're not sure whether you've been screwed, pay attention to the back and forth that are happening. So Harry is in danger of getting in serious trouble. And he said, hmm, I better resign. And so he did. He didn't get recalled, didn't have time. Instead, when there are rumors that Harry gave confidential information to Anaheim that would help Artie Moreno, not to Anaheim, to the Angels, to Artie Moreno, to help him in his negotiating in his deal. When he asked for the million dollars, campaign contribution. The other thing he may have done, we don't know for sure, he may have even lied when there was some sort of grand jury investigation into the deal. Good old Harry said, Ruh-roh. it's in the best interests of the people of Anaheim. That's what politicians always say when they resign. That's like when Nixon, it is in the best interests of the United States of America. That's not, that's not even a good Nixon imitation. I'm terrible at imitating voices. It is in the best interest of the United States of America if I resign. I think you just have to move your jowls to do Nixon. I'm not really positive. For those of you who are young, Nixon was the president like 50 years ago. And there was something called Watergate, which is a hotel where he was, ah, forget about it. Watch the movie. So Harry resigns. What does that mean to the deal? That means the deal has now been voided by the Anaheim Council. They voted unanimously and they terminated the sale. So Artie Moreno's sweetheart deal has now gone poof. And the worst part is Artie goes to bed every night now saying, oh man, not only do I not have that deal, but now I could get in trouble too. And he looks around at all of his advisors and all of his lieutenants and says, which one of you did this? Who of you gave a million dollars to Harry? Who of you was involved in any sort of obfuscation? Um, Artie, uh, that was you, dude. We can't even go to the bathroom without asking you. We can't even sign a utility player without asking you. And you think that we're going to do a $320 million land deal and get involved with politicians without your permission? Horse hockey. Artie's got a problem. And it's not just not having the deal. You know what else came out as part of this, which made me smile? Coke and I were talking about this pre-show, and it's a pretty good one. There is a FBI's involved. Like, this is a whole thing, just so you know. And 
there are people who are now, there's like an FBI affidavit that, that was made public just like a week ago. I'm sure you didn't see this. It didn't get a lot of attention, but to me it was fascinating that there's somebody who's working on behalf of a company who is really negotiating on behalf of the Anaheim government, who's advising the Anaheim government, who's telling the Anaheim government what to do. And everyone said, what company would this be? Like, that's strange. What company in Anaheim would be involved in local government? I can't think of, like, who is the biggest company in Anaheim? I mean, I'm thinking, is it, oh, is it like Emilio Estefan? Not Emilio Estefan. I love you, Emilio. I don't mean you. Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen's brother, the Anaheim Mighty Ducks guy. No, it's probably not him. Let's see, who else is in Anaheim? Just think about this. Who does business in Anaheim who would want to control what the Anaheim government does? Wait for it. Count with me. Un, deux, trois, Disney. Hello, Disney. Are you getting involved in local government to make sure that your interests are being completely catered to like a five-star Michelin restaurant. Correction, I think they can only be three stars. They're calling it a cabal. A cabal steering Anaheim's government. That's what they're calling it. It's pretty good. So just FYI, that's the way it works in the real world is that the powerful corporations in your community, if you don't think they are tied into the running of your community and how streets are paved and when the electric grid gets turned on after power outages or the exact order in which monies are funded from the public, from taxpayers like you to the benefit of these companies who are getting tax breaks. If you are not focused on that, good, because it would drive you to insanity. The less, what's the expression? The less you know, the smarter you are. No, that's not it. Stop that. Four, eight, sixty-nine. The less you know, the better off you are. I'm trying to fight that though, right? I'm trying to educate people as to what really goes on. And it's not like I'm a conspiracy theorist because these aren't conspiracies. These are, this is actual. Do you think, let's just talk about Miami. I'm just spitballing here. You think that Mickey Arison and Stephen Ross have absolutely no sway in what goes on in Miami government? I'm just curious if that's really your belief. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's laughable. What I can't decide is more laughable is the fact that it happens or the fact that they think that no one knows it's happening or the fact that they know that everybody knows it's happening, but no one can do a goddamn thing about it. I'm trying to figure out which is more funny. I think what's more funny, I'm going to answer the question. I wasn't rhetorical. The funniest part about the involvement of big corporations in local governments is that they don't care whether you know or not because there's nothing you can do about it. God, that makes me a cynical bastard, doesn't it? Well, the good news is that in Washington, Danny Boy has no sway at all. Daniel Snyder, I guess all it takes is a calendar of naked cheerleaders, total misogyny, total embarrassment, total reckless endangerment, total lack of winning on the field. Believe me, that's a factor. 
And then all of a sudden, no matter how rich you are, your level of influence tends to decrease. Have you ever noticed how quickly politicians will separate from businessmen or businessmen will separate from politicians when there is some sort of crisis or some sort of PR disaster? Oh, you cheated or oh, you had a DWI. Oh, you like men in hotel rooms? Oh, you like men and women in both hotel rooms and outside in your car. Oh, you put a needle in your arm? Oh, you took money from that guy? Ooh, I'm not working with you anymore. You've got to have 2.4 children. Be married to a woman if you're a man. Be married to a man if you're a woman. If you're married to a man and you're a man, now it's okay. We're going to get past it. But frankly, I'm an octogenarian white guy, and I'm not all that interested in that way of life. This stuff actually happens, folks. So Danny Boy of the Washington Commanders is trying to, we talked about this, I don't know, a week ago or so when word came out. When was it, Coca? Like last Tuesday, maybe, when we talked about, what is today? I can't, Coca, I can't even hear you. All right, we're good. Well, at some point, we talked about the Washington Commanders and a land deal they were doing in Virginia. And the land deal, I said it was Tuesday. So like, a, oh, Tuesday of this, <laughs> okay. All right, let, let's clean that up. Four, eight, six, nine. Two days ago, we told you that the Washington Red Anders had put a bid an, to buy an option and it succeeded in getting that option on 200 acres of land. And they were going to use that to develop a stadium in Virginia. They announced it was going to be a convention center, hotels, retail. It was going to make the Inter-Miami development look like the Marlins Park development. That's an inside joke for those of you in Florida. If you're not in Florida, GTS. There's no development around Marlins Park. And Inter-Miami just got the money to do development. Will it happen? We don't know. At this point, we do not know. Small detour before we get to Danny Boy. When you're telling a story to someone and they're asking you a follow-up question, one of the, my favorite things to do, and it's really funny if you do it, is you say when they ask, so, so then did you actually understand what was happening with your deal? Well, at this point... We do not know. That is Jim Belushi in a movie with Demi Moore and Rob Lowe called The Bout Last Night. When Rob Lowe is telling a story, or Jim Belushi is telling a story, and he says, at this point, we do not know. So will the development happen at Mel Reese? At this point, we do not know. All the development in Virginia that they're trying to do, will it happen? At this point, we do not know. But here's what we do know. There's a Virginia state senator named Chap. Chap Peterson, nice Jewish boy. Chap Peterson has come out and said, you know, I don't really want to approve this deal or to support this deal. And he released a statement about why he was not going to support the Washington Red Anders. He said, I've had a chance to read the legislation closely several times in its original and amended form, followed the news as the team has obtained an option on land of Virginia. I respect the fact that it might create jobs and revenue in Prince William. However, I do not plan to support the project or Virginia's pursuit of this NFL franchise. And he's got two reasons. One, he said, is that the development is too far removed from an urban setting. So his point is location, which is what we talked about. It's 23 miles away from the capital where their current stadium is 11 miles away. And his view is, who's going to schlep out there? And the answer is, if it's a convention center and you've got a convention and a hotel, it's not like Opryland is in the middle of someplace good. I mean, I love Opryland and I love Nashville, but it's not like you can ever go to Broadway when you go to Opryland. 
So there can be destinations. I mean, it's not like Disney World is in the middle of everything, although now Disney has developed everything in Orlando. So his first concern is that it's in the middle of Ekvelt. What's number two? More importantly, when you give a list of things, make sure you're when you're when you're negotiating or when you're talking to any of your friends, people do this and they do it by accident, but you have to be purposeful in your language. When you're going through a list of reasons why you want something, you say one, two, three. You don't do a list if you're doing one thing. You don't do a list if you're doing two things. You can just say this and that. If you have three things, it can be a list. One, two, three. What you don't do is say one, two, and more importantly, three. People like to do that. They bury the lead. That's like when you call someone and you want something, but you say, hey, how's the weather? How's your family? How's everything going? By the way, can I borrow $100? Just get to it. No one wants to waste time. If you want to borrow money, call and ask to borrow money. If you want a favor, you want a babysitter, you want to borrow the car, I don't really care about anything going on in your life. If you want to borrow my car, call me up and say, hey, I want to borrow your car. Don't waste my time. So in a list, if you do one, two, and then more importantly, it means that three is really what you're focused on and one and two are just there sort of as filler. And there's really no way and no reason for that filler. More importantly, I don't have confidence in the Washington Commanders as a viable NFL franchise. Holy shnikes. This is a guy who had supported this project from day one. He helped start the whole caucus that was like a, a group of people, a bipartisan group, and they were trying to figure out how to get this deal done to get this team to Virginia. All of a sudden, he realized that his political future should not be tied to Danny Boy because Danny Boy's pants are on fire. So he gives you a list, it's location, it's this, it's that. More importantly, the commanders may not be viable as an NFL franchise. Now that's when you have a problem, right? I've had a lot of people say no to things I wanted to do with the Marlins or the Expos, tons of that. But no one's questioning the viability of the franchise because there's only one group who can take away the franchise and that group is not the politicians, it's not the voters, it's only the other owners. Do you think that good old Chappie has been speaking to other owners and that he believes that the Red Anders are about to be sold and that Danny Boy and Tanya are being forced to sell? <gasps> it can't be. Hmm. Wait to see. Good luck, Dan. When we come back, we're going to review the season 42 of Survivor. And we got to talk about the Pro Bowl, don't we? I got a few things to talk to you about the NFL Pro Bowl. A few suggestions. They want to make some changes. I got some changes. Just put a seatbelt on. Hold on. We'll be right back. The 82-game preseason is in the books, and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. From what you've seen so far, do you think there'll be a first-time winner of the NBA championship? If the Pacers... Clippers, Suns, Magic, Pelicans, or T-Wolves win, you win at plus 650. That's six teams to root for, six chances to win. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code SAMSON, only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Quentin, Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson. Today is Thursday, May 26, 2022. It is with a heavy heart that we continue, but we continue. We're not forgetting about what's going on in this world. I refuse to. Still watching a movie every day, no matter what happens. TV series. I'm still knee-deep in season one only of This Is Us. I, I, I know it just concluded. Don't spoil it for me. I don't know what happened at the end of season six, but I'm addicted. But I'm still watching movies too, so it's double the content. I'm worrying about the show. Not sleeping. That's why I'm so tired. Sneezing. All right. Survivor ended yesterday. Can we talk about Survivor season 42? Season 42 consisted of all new players. No returnees. All newbies, they're called. It was filmed right after season 41, which Survivor would admit and CBS would admit was not a successful season. Not a compelling cast. Season 42 was the opposite. Incredibly compelling from the beginning. An incredibly smart, diverse cast whose gameplay. When I watch Survivor, I want to tell you how I sort of interact with Survivor. I was the first person voted off in season 28. They're up to season 42. So I'm very focused on the first episode of a season because I want to know who's going to be the first boot, who's going to join me. There are now 41 people only in this whole country, 41 of us who have ever been voted first, voted out first on Survivor. Now you're going to say there's 42, but Francesca was voted first twice. So there's 41 people in our very exclusive club. And then every tribal council, I am brought back to the tribal council I was in. Every time it rains during a tribal council, I get transported back because my tribal council was in the rain. The social experiment that is Survivor has evolved in a way that may be offensive to traditionalists, but it is very reflective of the world. So back in the day, which is, you know, my least favorite, favorite expression, Survivor was about losing 50 pounds, not recognizing people during the reunion, which takes place five months after the show's done taping. Say, my God, now you look normal before I was just used to you being emaciated. Trying to figure out how to get food, not being able to get food, not having energy. And that was Survivor. Then all of a sudden, players said, I need someone to help me. And alliances were born. That's very much like in society. It's very hard to go at it alone. There are people who are hermetic. There are people who live off the grid, but the majority of people need help. And so Survivor then started doing alliances, which reflected society. Then you had people switch alliances. That's like having a best friend group and then a best friend group at school, a best friend group at work, a best friend group at camp. And then you sort of switch your groups and figure out, well, I really don't want to be with that group. I want to be with this group. 
Well, I'm not going to tell that group. I'm just going to stop returning their texts and calls, and slowly they're going to stop including me, and then I'll be gone from that group. I'll be totally in this group. But then this group may not like me for any other reason than I used to be in that group. Maybe they want information on what's going on in that group, so they invite me into this group. But then this group says, now we don't need you anymore. Then you got to go find a totally another group. So life becomes, like Survivor, looking for groups, trying to be comfortable in your group, trying to trust someone in your group. If you find three people in your life that you trust with every bit of information about you, you've been a success. Very few people have that. I don't like throwing around the word friend. I don't have a lot of friends. It has nothing to do with my personality or my height or my weight or my looks. I just don't throw that word around. I have a lot of acquaintances. But friends? Friends? So Survivor 42 ended. I want to congratulate Marianne. Spoiler alert, Marianne wins. Marianne is a joyous, interesting, brilliant character who played everybody on the show. She had it under control the entire time and no one knew it. And then when you have to convince people to give you a million dollars, she explained to them what they all missed. It was brilliant. The level of gameplay has changed over the years so much. Tony, you'd get a run for your money. So would you, Sarah. Marianne, congratulations. Survivor season 42. I spoiled it for you. You don't have to watch it. Now, 43 and 44. Hmm. Could there be a season with returning players? Is that ever going to happen again? Wait to see. So I do corrections. Corrections are when I tell you about things that are going on or I say things, and then you, the audience, gets to me and says, by the way, you got that wrong. And we do the show live. So we're 45 minutes straight through. When I make mistakes, you hear it. Coca sometimes corrects in my ear, sometimes in the document, sometimes he's taking a crap, right? So we just don't know. I referred to the Florida Panthers as having won the President's Cup for having the best record in hockey prior to getting swept by the Tampa Bay Lightning, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning, in the second round. Thank you for telling me it's the President's Trophy, not the President's Cup. There is no President's Cup. I mean, the President's Cup, I guess, is used when he's playing catcher. Okay, let's talk about the Pro Bowl. Did you read that? CBS did a whole thing because if it's football and gambling and fantasy, you're going to see it on CBS. And the NFL, according to rumors, people with millions of followers who are not spreading rumors because they're getting it from the NFL. So they have millions of followers and get paid millions of dollars because of who their friends are acquaintances, sources. I'm not downplaying how hard it is. You have to cultivate sources. You have to be like a courtesan. I wonder, does court, is the etymology of courtesan court? Because a courtesan basically is someone who makes you believe that they love you. That's what a courtesan does. Maybe that's what sources have to do. Huh. Anyway, so rumors came out that the NFL Pro Bowl, it may change. So I want to give you my suggestions on what to do with the NFL Pro Bowl because the NFL is considering changes and everyone's coming up with their own suggestions. I've got a few. Ready? Now, keep in mind the Pro Bowl sucks, right? It's not even a real football game. No one's doing any hard tackling. So if you're watching for crazy physical contact, you're not going to see it. 
as a president of a football team, I would not allow my players to play in a Pro Bowl. I don't want them putting on pads. Every minute a player has pads on is a minute that player could get hurt. If there is no benefit to me, I don't want that player doing it. Now, I would allow pitchers and would encourage pitchers to pitch in all-star games because we would control with the pitching coach and the manager of the all-star team exactly how many pitches, if any, our pitcher would be allowed to pitch. So if we have a pitcher who has a bullpen day the day of the All-Star game, we would say he can have 22 pitches in one inning. If that's his day to start and we don't want to start him the first day after the All-Star break or we have enough days where it doesn't matter, we'll say, hey, he can go 47 pitches. But we are in control at all times. When we have position players, we're in control of the number of at-bats. All of that is predetermined, pre-discussed. Do not believe for one second that the all-star game managers are saying, oh, I've got an idea. Let's take Stanton out of the game right now. No, it's all pre-discussed and determined. But in football, my issue is if there's actual tackling going on and there's risk of injury and there's no benefit, then I am out. Therefore, here's the change I would make to the Pro Bowl. You all made fun of MLBs. This time it counts as... Presidents and owners, we did not make fun of that. That was Bud Selig changing the All-Star game after the tie in Milwaukee where he was so frustrated that he shrugged his shoulders, the famous Bud Selig mem, sort of shrugging when everyone's out of pitchers and the game ended in a tie. He then said this time it counts and gave home field advantage in the World Series to the league that won the All-Star game. I like that. I like that. But only one team is going to be in the World Series, right? So let's keep thinking about that. And if I have an all-star and I know that I'm not going to make the playoffs, I really don't care if the team in my league has home field advantage at all. Doesn't matter. So we got to do more. So here's what I've got for the NFL changing the rules of the Pro Bowl. I want the game to count, and here's how. The conference that wins the Pro Bowl, wait for it, they, this is a good one, they will have home field advantage in the conference championship. Not the Super Bowl, because that's a neutral site. (laughs) Coke, I totally missaid it. Can we stop? That was like ridiculous. It totally came out of my brain totally incorrectly. Okay, ready? Four, six, nine. The winner of the Pro Bowl will be the NFC Conference or the AFC Conference. The winner of the Pro Bowl not just will have the home field advantage. That's not what I meant. So ignore that I said that. They are the winner of the coin toss in any overtime scenario or to start a game. What does that mean? In the Super Bowl, you have the NFC and the AFC. They go against each other. If you've won the Pro Bowl, that means the NFC wins the coin toss and they can elect whether or not to defer, which all teams do now, or take the opening kickoff. But more importantly, then that conference, should the Super Bowl go to overtime, that conference wins the coin toss. There's no more coin toss. They get the ball first in overtime. Now, there could be rules that have changed that make it less advantageous, but it will always still be the advantage until it becomes totally neutral, which it's not for the 
winner of the coin toss will have a better chance of winning the game. But how does that address players on teams that are not in the playoffs or not going to make the playoffs? Wait for it. The Pro Bowl is played at the exact wrong time. I want the Pro Bowl to be played instead of a preseason game. I want it played before the season even starts. And then I want the MVP of the Pro Bowl or anyone who gets a interception at the Pro Bowl, anyone who catches a touchdown at the Pro Bowl, you are doing it on behalf of your team. And your team, those teams that are on the winning side and perform in the Pro Bowl by throwing a touchdown pass, catching a touchdown pass, making an interception, a tackle, a safety, they get advantages in their first home game. You think this is outrageous? The advantages that teams want when they are playing football games, there's only 16. Every football game counts. There's now 17. Every football game counts as 10 baseball games. Imagine that you get the same advantage for any overtime game, any home game that you've automatically won the toss. You don't need to do anything about it. There's been all this talk about coin toss and how fair it is or unfair it is and how it's the flip that it's 50-50. I want to eliminate that. And I want to incentivize players to care about the Pro Bowl. Here's why. Because the broadcast networks are tired of it. The players don't show up and don't care. There's not enough money involved for the players. But there's so much money involved for the broadcast networks that if the NFL would offer, it's like an extra playoff game. It's like an extra round of playoffs. And as an owner or president, I'm allowing my players to play in this Pro Bowl because I know there's an actual tangible advantage that I would get during the course of a season. Forget this crap about, oh, let's play a flag football game. Let's do a skills challenge. Let's just forget the whole thing. No. TV networks don't want that. They want programming. They want NFL programming. They want the ability for you, the fan, to bet on it and for the players to care. In order for players to care, you have to incentivize them. So you start with incentivizing them with their team. Here comes the second incentive. Any player who plays in the Pro Bowl, any player, gets a minimum amount of money that is more twice what they get now let's say they're getting 50 grand way more i'm talking like 250 grand 500 grand to the mvp a million dollars to the mvp of the pro bowl or to players who catch touchdown passes or make safeties incentivizing the plays that happen in a football game the reason why the nfl is to make these changes is they only get like 6 million people watching their Pro Bowl. Their Pro Bowl is not even as good as the MLB All-Star Game, which is way better, but not by much. They get like 8 million people to watch it. Do you know how many people watch like a random Sunday night game? It's always like 15 million, 20 million. They are leaving so much money on the table by making the game so crappy that they've got to change it. And to change it, if you talk to players the way I have, they've got to be incentivized with money, and then with something that does something for their team, because if their team succeeds, then they make more money. So the NFL has two ways to go. One, they can make the Pro Bowl less interesting and take the pads off. Two, they can make the Pro Bowl more interesting, put the pads on and incentivize and make it a real football game. 
or three, they can do nothing. Wait to see. The NFL will make zero changes to the Pro Bowl next year. There'll be no way that all owners will get to an agreement. They can't get 24 owners to agree on what shape the table should be for lunch at an owner's meeting. The NFL Pro Bowl will stay the same in 2022. I guarantee it. I just want players to be incentivized and let them make money. Nothing personal pick of the day. Did we win last night? I had the Celtics as the pick of the day. What happened? Celtics won 93-80. I don't think we announced that pick yesterday. So I guess the last pick was the Mavs avoiding the sweeping game four. Not doing that. We had the Warriors sweeping, and they didn't. So we're 64-49. and 49. We're 15 games over 500. The Warriors play again tonight. This is I, – I hope I'm not jinxing anything. Is there a more sure bet than the Golden State Warriors winning the game tonight? Whether it's minus seven and a half, whether you can get it on the money line, I don't believe there is a more sure bet than the Golden State Warriors in game five tonight. I was watching game uh, five of the Heat last night, and it struck me because I had talked about how deep the Heat are and what a great team they are. And I realized that I was watching and I had a problem like I had running a baseball team. I would go up to Larry Beinfest, detour story, or, or Mike Hill, didn't matter. I'd say, God, you know, we suck. We cannot get hits. We cannot get a hit together. We're getting no hit. What felt like till the fifth inning of every single game. And he would always say to me, David, you're not understanding. Do you know how good the opposing pitcher is? Just whatever pitcher was who was facing us, Greg Maddox or Randy Johnson or anybody. Max Scherzer. Do you know how good the pitching is? Good pitching makes it look like your team has no energy. Good pitching makes it look like your team can't hit. And bad executives don't understand that and then go into the clubhouse and say, I want to fire the hitting coach. I want to fire the manager. I just want to fire anybody because we're not hitting. And by the way, we have no energy. That's the GM's fault and the president's fault. What's going on here? These games matter. It's not easy to look good when you can't get hits and you're not getting hits because of a pitcher. In basketball, I realized last night it's the same thing. When a team is not hitting shots and is being defended well, it just makes your team look so bad. The Miami Heat yesterday, to me, looked like a team not worthy of the conference finals, not worthy of being a playoff team. They were a lottery team. Now, they're hurt. They've got Tyler Hero is hurt. Jimmy Butler may or may not be hurt. The way he's playing, I would assume he's hurt. Bam, the way he's playing. Now that Robert, when Robert Williams plays, Bam is hurt. When Robert Williams doesn't play, Bam is not hurt. But when you shoot seven for 45 from three, you have a way of making people look better than they are, like the Celtics. You have a way of making yourself look worse than you are. And it's just because you're not hitting shots. But then when you hit the shots, then you're the Mavericks from two nights ago, where it looked like who could beat the Mavericks when Luke is hitting the crazy shots and their entire team, everyone, even Bullock was hitting the shots. It's the same thing as hits in baseball. So this is my conclusion. There is no way to evaluate a team on a day-to-day basis because any team can beat any team on any given day. All you have to do is hit shots. 
But how do you win four out of seven times? You have to be hot four times in seven games. Therefore, you have to the players who are capable of being hot four times in seven games. Tonight, it's the Warriors. The Mavericks won't be hot two games in a row. It's just not going to happen. Okay. Oh, we did not get to that. Coco, we didn't get to John Gruden. I really wanted to get to that. All right. I'm going to work that into tomorrow's show. And I'm going to tease it right now, Coco, no matter what happens. Because there was a ruling, two rulings in the lawsuit of John Gruden against the NFL. And we have to discuss what the courts ruled in Nevada because it's fascinating. John Gruden is sort of pretending to take a victory lap, which he shouldn't be doing. We'll talk about that tomorrow. There's so many lawsuits going on, and they're all about the same thing. You know that. It's just business. This is nothing personal.